are listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser here until 7 o'clock. Scott Galetti will join us in the last hour. A reminder, uh, men, everybody's house and business needs to stay safe. Windsor Door Sales and Security has the things that will help keep your business or home safe. They've got the rolling security shutters. They've got the steel mesh security screens, and uh, they'll come out and do a no-obligation quote. Uh, and then if you have big projects, not just with the security, but garage doors, so on and so forth, uh, they've got um, financing available. Uh, visit windsordoorsales.com, windsordoorsales.com. If you think garage doors, think windsordoorsales.com. All right, Sam, so NBA, it, you know, even though the draft is over, there's Lot, lot of activity still going on, my friend. And a this lot is of when it gets good. Okay, all right. Uh, I mean, there's some really like in, interesting rumors that are out there, but at the same time, there's a story that seems to come up every single year at this time, and that's with the Phoenix Suns and DeAndre Ayton, former number one overall pick, DeAndre number Ayton, one, number one out of Arizona. DeAndre Ayton played in the pit, by the way. They came through. Yes, that was before you got here, Sam. Man. I mean, Arizona, I think, ended up beating them by like 15 points or whatever. But it was like one of those things that everybody had everybody around here drooling. Like, oh, man, is there any way we could rework this deal where we get to see Arizona and even have to go over to Tucson? Who cares? But, uh, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, uh, he came through town. And he's uh, there's still a lot swirling around with him in the sun. Even with the coaching change, because we got a, a pretty telling report last week from John Gambadoro, who's a Suns insider out there in Phoenix, that it was true. What we thought might be true was actually true that Monty Williams did not like DeAndre Ayton. We saw how playing time, how that impacted playing time the last couple of years. And it was one of the first things, understandably so, that Frank Vogel was asked about when he got introduced as head coach. Everybody is saying all the right things right now because this has been such a, a weight and a drain, I have to imagine, on Ayton for the last couple of years now. So everybody's saying all the right things just in case he, he they end up keeping him, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. I still lean towards... They're 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 going to do everything they can now. They're not going to take pennies on the dollar to trade him, but I think they're going to be a little bit flexible at this point in in trying to trade him. This has been hanging over his head and everybody's head for so long, and this is one of those areas where we forget how much of a, how much this is mental. You know, we we look at these guys as as freak athletes, as some of the the top people in the world at what they do, which they are. There's still people at the end of the day, and this has been a uh, weighing on everybody, not even just Aiden, with the whole organization. At some point, you have to just say enough is enough. As good as he is, as good as he might be, we still don't even know. We don't. We don't, and when, when, you're num- when your former number one overall pick in your starting center is getting played off of the floor in the playoffs, which he has the last two years... Even with a new coach coming in, I just don't know what you're supposed to tell him that's going to make him feel better. Let's hear with uh, Nick Friedel, uh with ESPN NBA, uh, the NBA Insider. Uh, here's what he said on what the future holds for DeAndre Ayton. I don't think it's just this summer, Chris, because I think down the line, if you're the Suns and it's just not working out, he's the only other piece you have. So right now, at the end of June, you could sit there and go, oh, well, let's see what happens with DeAndre Ayton. Maybe... 
Frank Vogel can get some more out of him. You bring Beal in. You hope that there's a little bit more. I don't think that story is anywhere close to being done, though. Mm -hmm. If you have a fix on that team moving ahead into the season or a deal presents itself where you can get the depth that they don't have right now, Aiton's the guy. And I know there might have been some friction with Monty Williams. I just don't believe that Aiton, especially at the deal that he's on, is that type of difference maker. So if somebody wants to come in and say, here's a piece or two, I don't think that, that this thing is over by a long shot. I think Aiden's name is just going to hang in the air until he is likely moved elsewhere. But when that is remains to be seen. So here's what this comes down to is how attractive is DeAndre Aiden to the other teams in the NBA, Sam? I mean, the same reservations I had about him playing for Phoenix kind of clogs things up, has no perimeter game. Uh, like, isn't that what everybody, I mean, there's just going to have to be some team that is, is looking for a defensive stopper. They'll kind of deal with whatever kind of offensive live. And now I'm not saying he can't score, but he, he doesn't only, shoot. He, he, he scores around the basket, yeah. you know, and, uh, and when he's not scoring around the basket, then he's really of no uh, use uh, during each offensive possession, and that's where you, and that's where his ideal home would be would be on a team full of shooters. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not suggesting it's going to happen. It probably wouldn't, but a team like the Lakers, where they built that roster to be shooters around LeBron and Anthony Davis, you need a team that's going to have a bunch of shooters around him where he can he can own that space a little bit more. It does get clogged up in Phoenix because there's. Slashers. There's a lot they're of slashers, slashers, and they're kind of similar to to, to the Lobos in, in in the way that they value the two more than other teams. It, it, it's it for a guy who only scores around the rim. It's it, you're not going to get as much out of him when when you're when your team's shooting uh, two point jumpers. And, and not to oversimplify things, I mean, a lot of times big men are used to set screens on the perimeter. Okay, right. well, the only way that you can be effective with the high pick and roll is if the defense respects the role part of it. Uh, the the pick you know is fine, but you know if they don't have any threat, it's kind of like Josiah Alec to some degree. I mean, if there's no threat, which of there really is, DeAndre Ayton rolling and punishing you, I, then that they'll double team. You know, they'll, they'll both go out and try and trap that that guard or whoever's got the ball because. There's not a threat with Aiden. So here's here's my question for you: If you're Matt Ishbia, and you're the like you're the president of the DeAndre Aiden fan club in in New Mexico here, Sam, you've been honking him forever, but I think you're finally starting to see the light a little bit. I'm just kidding, okay? But if so, I'm gonna put you on the spot. If you are Matt Ishbia, uh, the owner of the Suns, uh, what is your first inclination uh, to keep him or to trade him? I'll, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Sammy. Come I, on. I think I think I'm going to trade him. Now you have to commit either Whoa. way. You have to commit. If you're going to keep him, you have to keep him, and you have to make sure that he knows that he's the guy. I I'd be curious if if Frank Vogel wants to give him a chance, but I, whatever you do, you have to commit. If you're going to keep him, and the Suns are saying the right things right now, that his trade value is as high as it's ever been, which is going to make him feel pretty good. But if you're going to commit to trading him, you have to you have to just do it. And I am I look I like DeAndre. I think he's still going to be a great player. It's the fit's not really there. I think at this point he needs a change of scenery. He needs to go to. He needs to just go somewhere else on a team that's going to maybe find some more 
some more use for him. Go down to Orlando and be another Dwight Howard. Or sure, something. yeah. Hey. Go pair him up with uh, with Jalen Suggs and all the <laughs> all the uh, number, all the top picks they keep getting. That would actually be that would be a pretty good spot for him. All right, he uh, he he's still going to have it going for him that he's a number one overall pick. You can't take that away from him, and that still holds value even at this point. All right. So the other uh, the other guard um, that you know, along with Bradley Beal, that people are kind of really honing in on is uh, Damian Lillard uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, here's Nick Friedel on Dame Little, Lillard. If I were putting money on it right now, I would still say Portland because that's all he's ever said to me, to everybody in the the media who covers the NBA. I want to be there. I want to play in one jersey. I want to find a way to make it work with the Trailblazers, and I'm at peace with the fact that I may not win a title there. But it's one thing to say that over the next couple of years, and it's another thing to go, okay, you can get to seemingly wherever you want if you force Portland's hand. What we're going to find out here, whether it's a week, whether it's a month, whenever he decides, it's how badly does he want to win a title. What should he do? If it's me and I'm looking at this, I'm going to Miami. And I'm pushing to get there because that's the other key. Miami on the whole, they don't have the pieces right now that Portland say, okay, let's do that deal. It's Tyler Hero. It's a couple first-round picks. If Dame says to Portland, I want to go play with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, he's also saying give them time to get a few more assets to make it worth everybody's while. So with that, I'm going to throw one back at you. This has been as much a part of the Dame conversation as anything, his loyalty to Portland. If, whether it's this summer or even if it's you know next summer, whenever it is, but it sounds like you know it, we're going to get some kind of decision this summer, if he decides that he wants to force his way out of Portland, to me at this point in his career, he's got immunity from criticism that players usually get when they force their way out. There is no doubt about it. And he's never played... That game of, you know, hey, uh, I'd like to get, you know, he's never been one of those, I need more players around me. He's not, you know, he's always believed in the other four players that were on the court with him, uh, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. And I agree. He'll, he, just, Bradley Beal, the same way. He'd been with the Wizards for his whole career. So I think people would understand. The problem, you know, the problem for Portland, though, is. Portland still sells out every single game. You know, I mean, they've got this connection to Dame Lillard, uh, which is very unique in the league, and he's a big part of why they still come out in droves to watch the Trailblazers, even though they've been average to below average over the years. So uh, that's the thing that Portland has to weigh is, sure, you, we want to maybe give them a chance to, to go somewhere and win a championship, but it uh, what risk to the organization. Tyler Hero. I could see Tyler Hero I fitting could, in in Portland. Yeah. There, there's a whole, there, there's a whole uh, sector of the city of Portland, Oregon, that's basically go, lives on the vibe of keep Portland weird. And the way that Tyler Hero loves to dress up when he's sitting Bunch on the of bench. Hipsters. Yeah, it's I, hipster city up I, I there. I think he'd fit in. Yeah, he will, but not replace a guy. Again, where did Damian Lillard go to college? Weber State. There you go. You know, kind of a, a school out west, so to speak. Tyler Hero, Kentucky guy, it's not the same. All right. Speaking of Phoenix, and not necessarily the Suns, but just Kevin Durant. Okay, so Kevin Durant has been really... He has done some unusual things. He's an eccentric. Okay, so let's just say that. I mean, from having a fake Twitter account where 
He shouldn't really care what anybody thinks, and he had this fake Twitter. Get, bring us up on the latest with Kevin Durant, social media, and all that stuff, Sam. Yeah, it goes back to when he was in Oklahoma City, and the paper wrote a headline that he didn't like, and he basically, he, he tried to get an apology from the writer of the paper, and then he had the burner accounts. At this point in his career, I think he's I, I don't think he cares anymore. I think he's accepted who he is as a personality. We're seeing more of a front-facing Kevin Durant. So over the weekend, there was a Twitter Spaces that went on that was called Kevin Durant's Not Top 5. And basically what Twitter Spaces is, is essentially it's like if you wanted to, it's it's basically Twitter's version of Zoom. You can get a bunch of people on and you can talk to each other and have conversations, but on the app of Twitter. So Twitter Spaces called Kevin Durant's Not Top 5. Well, as they're going through along with this, they get a special visitor as the conversation is happening in the form of none other than the guy they're talking about. How y'all even look at the game is whack. Playoff success. Like, you you, you factor in team success when, you into, when you're talking about players. I just think how y'all consume the game is trash. Like, are you good or not? I agree. I agree. I mean, some some things could be that simple. Are you just good or not? Uh, I mean, a lot of people have seen it for a long time, brother. And it's okay. These lists don't really mean nothing anyway. So why are you getting so upset about them? My favorite part of that whole thing, the guy that's saying, I agree, I agree, and he's got nothing else to say, that's the host of the Twitter spaces. That was hosting this bashing of Kevin Durant to that point. Yeah, and so Kevin Durant comes in and... He's got nothing to say because that's how sports fandom works. Is the ninety nine percent of the things you say about athletes you'd never say until they show. No, you they boo them, and then if they happen to have a chance to meet them or run into them, you know they yeah. Then they're best friends, and they post it on on Instagram. Look, I got a picture with yeah. (laughs) All right, coming up next, a Sports Center top play, the first win for Coach Quill, and three desperately needed points at the lab on Saturday. We'll talk to. Peter Trevisani about all of this next. 101.7 The Team.